February is Black History Month, and NCPR is highlighting the North Country's Black history. This week, we're re-airing stories we've reported over the last year that focus on Black heritage and life, past and present, throughout the region. Today, we hear from the author and prison reform activist Alice Green, who grew up in a small mining community on Lake Champlain in the 50s and 60s. When Green was a kid, her family was one of only two Black families in their town. She speaks about the lifelong influence of her childhood in the Adirondacks. Support for Story of the Day comes from Long Run Wealth, an SEC-registered investment advisor in Lake Placid, providing comprehensive wealth management, retirement, and financial planning solutions. LongRunWealth.com. And from SciTech Business Solutions, training and consulting services to help businesses grow. More information at CITEC.org. Hi, I'm Lucy Grindon, filling in for David Summerstein. It's Wednesday, February 21st. First, some news. A former Potsdam police officer who was accused of strangling a suspect in custody last year took a plea deal on Tuesday. According to the Watertown Daily Times, 46-year-old Matthew Seymour was charged with criminal obstruction of breathing, a misdemeanor. He was fired shortly after his arrest. Seymour was set to go to trial in Norfolk Town Court, but instead pleaded guilty to disorderly conduct. That's a violation and not a crime. The Times reports that if he stays out of trouble for one year and abides an order of protection, the case will be sealed and Seymour won't have a criminal record. For Black History Month, NCPR is re-airing some stories from the past year that delve into Black history and life in the North Country. Today, we hear from the prison reform advocate and author Alice Green, a Black woman who grew up in the 1950s and 60s in a small mining town on Lake Champlain. Green says her childhood experiences have shaped her life's work. Amy Feierreisel reports. Today, Alice Green is a lifelong activist and academic. She has a doctorate in criminal justice and has worked with Albany's police department on equity and diversity issues. But in 1948, Green was just seven years old and had just moved to the North Country with her parents and five siblings. Her father had found a job with Republic Steel, working in a blasting furnace. Green says they moved largely as a way to escape the Deep South. Because of Jim Crow segregation, and also the criminal justice system itself. The Witherby Sherman mine was one of the largest pre-war producers of iron ore in the country. Its hub was Port Henry, and there was actually a black community there, about 13 families living in company housing, all on the same street. Elizabeth Street in Port Henry is where everybody lived. They developed this community. They even established a church. 
But that housing was full when Green's father was hired, and they got housing in Witherby, a small town five miles away. It was full of other mine workers, many first-generation immigrants from Europe. The Greens were one of two black families there. The town was totally white. It was almost totally Catholic. And for us, <laughs> who, who were neither, it was extremely challenging. Green says there were other black people scattered around the North Country, cooks in Lake Placid, military men in Plattsburgh, apple pickers in Peru, but they rarely saw them. Green says her family always felt like outsiders in Witherby. Green's new memoir is called Outsider. She was inspired to write it after attending a high school reunion. She says former classmates waxed poetic about how when they'd grown up, racial tensions didn't exist. Green was floored. That hadn't been the story of her Adirondack childhood, which she says was full of subtle racism. They don't come to your house and, you know, burn crosses and things like that. It was also blatant racism. She almost never felt welcome. Kids didn't invite her to birthday parties, and racist language was everywhere, even in schoolyard games. And it was eeny, meeny, miny, moe, catch nigger by his toe. That was so accepted. Everywhere I went, I mean, not only kids, but adults, they repeated that over and over again. Nearly a century after the Civil War, Green says life was far from equal. She saw that the summer she was 15 years old, when she and one of her few friends, a next-door neighbor named Myrtle, both got their working papers and found summer jobs as chambermaids down near Paradox Lake. We were just so excited. We thought we would go and work and be roommates. They got a ride down to Paradox and met the owner, Mrs. Claudis. Mrs. Claudis and her family lived in this big, gorgeous apartment. Mrs. Claudis gestured to Green's friend. She said, Myrtle, you're going to stay here. Then she took young Alice to the backyard, where there was an old barn. She said, this is where you will live. And that was totally confusing to me, because when I walked in, there was nothing there except a cot. Green learned that other adult black workers also stayed in the barn, but they worked nights, so Green was left alone. I would be the only one up in this barn and didn't understand the separation thing quite. It was dark. I, did, I was 40 miles from my home, and I could hear my mother saying, stay there, you know, you need to make money. But something else told me <laughs> that this wasn't right. She got up as soon as it was light and asked to speak with Mrs. Claudis. I told her I don't understand why the black people are living in the barn and that there are bats there and I want to live with my with my friend. And she said, you can't do that. Green quit on the spot. Her friend Myrtle had heard it all. And she said, well, I quit too. <laughs> so the two of us <laughs> gathered our thing. We had no idea how we were going to get home. None whatsoever. But Green said that didn't matter to her. And she points to that moment as when she learned how to do the right thing, even if it was hard. I never regretted it. I didn't... You know, I couldn't get another job. I had to use my old clothes and all that stuff. But I felt good about myself. And that's where a lot of what I do comes from. Green went to college at SUNY Albany and got her master's in education. After working as a teacher and doing community work in low-income neighborhoods, she got two more masters in social work and criminology, then a doctorate in criminal justice. She says most of her education was motivated by a desire to help incarcerated people. She says there have been lots of hard moments in her career, but she's never shied away from them. I have to confront people, and I can confront anybody. You know, people in power doesn't bother me whatsoever. <laughs> 
1985, Green founded the Center for Law and Justice in Albany, a nonprofit that works to aid incarcerated people and keep new people from entering prisons. She still visits the Adirondacks regularly and has a place in Essex with her husband, which is where we spoke. She says she loves introducing people to the area and enjoying it herself. And to go places where I wouldn't think I could be uh, when I was growing up. I mean, the message that we got was, that's not for you. In Lake Placid especially. <laughs> now, I come back to enjoy what was off limits to me. <laughs> when people ask Green where she's from, she tells them, the Adirondacks. Amy Fireisel, North Country Public Radio, on the shores of Lake Champlain. This story originally aired last October, soon after Green released her memoir. It's called Outsider, Stories of Growing Up Black in the Adirondacks. Green previously published a book about her working life, prisons, and civil rights. It's titled We Who Believe in Freedom. You can find the links to both books in the online version of this story. There's more news all the time at ncpr.org. Music today by Christopher Watts of Canton and Caitlin Scholl of Lake Placid. I'm Lucy Grinden, North Country Public Radio.